Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's my pleasure to announce the 2020 winner of the Hart Trophy, the Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl hammers it home. Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with the helpers. Dylan Holloway, University of Wisconsin. We have a star in the making right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Jason's looking like he's picking the right time to get hot here. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. We're a really good team. Um, you know, we know that. and just trying to go out there and show that every game. I'm James Neal. Down on this. Jajar Kira from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. As Archibald Richard scores! Mike Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Un- Unbelievable. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. What a stop me by Miko Koskinen. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. on today's edition of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy. Office IT and supplies. Jam-packed show, lots to get to, uh, including a little bit of news that, uh, frankly, uh, we're chasing at this time. Um, and uh, we'll have a complete revision as well, not a, a revisit rather, of yesterday's conversation with Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Regular Wednesday contributors to the show, Brian Lott and Dave Staples and John Shannon all coming up on today's edition of Oilers. Now, Brendan, I love that song. Why, oh, why did we open up with Manfred Mann? This took me back a little bit. He turns 80 years old today, oh, 1940. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, I'm thinking that song, there may have, I think the movie was called The Wraith. Uh, somebody might correct us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Of course, Blinded by the Light is the other significant song that many of you would remember from uh, Manford Man back in the day. This is Oilers Now. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. All slot machines, table games, and the poker room open at the River Cree. Uh, you'll notice uh, that they've got uh, plexiglass at the table games and the slot machines. They're following all of the AHS guidelines. Be sure to try one of their nine dining options, including the brand new Italia, where you can enjoy two for one entrees at Italia on Wednesdays and Thursdays, the River Cree Resort Casino, Alberta's premier resort destination. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally Bob underscore Stopper. And back at the 630 Chet Studios, Brendan with two E's Escott with two T's. He's a big part of our show. Into today's top story for legacy heating and cooling. Home of no payment and no interest for one year. Uh, and it actually when I say we're chasing a little bit um Puckpedia, which is Hart Levine, has put out on Twitter about an hour ago, hearing that the Edmonton Oilers are working towards an extension with 33-year-old left defenseman Chris Russell. Russell is in year four of a four-year deal, a $4 million a year cap at $2.5 million in real dollars. Uh, Russell would meet the Oilers' requirement for a defenseman to potentially expose in the Seattle expansion. Uh, so Russell's in the last year of his deal. Uh, I think we're, you know, logic dictates we'd be looking at a one-year extension in the very low ones, and we'll wait to see if something further happens. Nothing at this time to report on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There is obviously time on that front. Uh, And again, organizations have to be pragmatic regarding having a defenseman that you can actually uh, meet the expansion of 70 games over a two-year span for uh, defensemen. So now I don't know if they're going to auto-correct that because of the fact that we're not going to get a full season coming up for 2021. Time will tell in that regard. And again, Nugent Hopkins, a free uh, free agent at the conclusion, whenever that is, of the uh, 2021 season. Uh, and I think that there'd be an appetite there in both parties to find a way to make it work. I know that Ryan certainly has a lot of fans in Edmonton. Again, today's top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home and no payment, no interest for one year. Uh, Brendan, I'm going to bring you back in just on Chris Russell. If he's your, I mean, the orders, there's still a possibility here. Uh, Edmonton is at 44 contracts right now, not out of the realm of possibilities that the orders look at actually signing another defenseman uh, for the upcoming season 2021. Maybe, you know, just the way the market's going right now, there's a lot of quality players out there that are going to be had on the cheap. Might even have an appetite, you know, sign. I know I've had people text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, what about Dominic Cahoon? Well, we've gone down the, the Cahoon route before. It's my belief that he was looking for a lot more money. He may have to settle for a lot less. Somebody has said, what about bringing back Drake Kajula? These guys are left wings. An argument can be made. Maybe Edmonton could add a left wing, but they could certainly add a number seven defenseman, uh, especially given the status of Oscar Clefbaum, that it's unlikely that he plays this year. Most of us think that the Oilers will have uh, defense pairings along the lines of, say, potentially Darnell Nurse with Ethan Bear, who is a restricted free agent, needs to get a contract done. Um, 
and then maybe Caleb Jones would theoretically play with Adam Larson, and that would have Chris Russell playing with Tyson Berry. And if you didn't want to have Bouchard or Lagason here as a seventh defenseman, or maybe Broberg as a wild card, maybe you'll look at signing a number 7D as well. But regarding Chris Russell, if he's your number 7 defenseman in a year from now, on a one-year extension, and the number's not too cost prohibitive. Is that a big deal, do you think, Brendan? <laughs> no, I don't. He's a guy that, to me, you want in the franchise. The guys, uh, they seem to like him quite a bit as a teammate. And you could make a case that he was their best defenseman in that return-to-play series. Not a great indicator, but he's still got a little bit of gas left in that tank. And uh, you know what? You don't necessarily get the same kind of savvy out of somebody who's 10 years younger than Chris Russell. So I don't mind having him. Yeah, you know, and I'm always, here's the thing. Um, uh, when you're privileged enough to travel with an NHL team, and, and, and I am, and though that may not be the case in the upcoming season, uh, I know I joked around yesterday that, uh, you know, we're obviously missing, the, for hockey fans that love the game, and if you're listening to the show, you probably uh, have a tremendous amount of passion, and a lot of you that listen to the show know a hell of a lot about the game. That's the other thing. I have people that come up to me and, you know, that I've never met before and get involved in engaging conversations, and I can tell right away they know hockey. Um, but the one, the one area that I kind of have always been a little bit le- like, you know what? When I was the guy doing the Alberta Golden Bears and I was the only guy that traveled, you know, with the team, I had a pretty good feel of the team and I was, I would actually hang out in the dressing room, uh, you know, uh, occasionally. And, but that's, it's a different relationship at the NHL level. And even though we're on the plane with them, uh, and we, we are not on the bus with them, we have a separate media bus. I'm always a little bit leery in terms of, well, this guy's great in the room, this guy's bad in the room. Like, you know, because sometimes there's, there's individuals that maybe have reasons why, like maybe, maybe a young player that is spirited, uh, and really good wouldn't take any crap from an older guy whose play had significantly depreciated. And and so he stood up for himself. Well, does that make that younger player a bad guy, or does that make that younger player a guy that's got some passion and is going to stand up for himself? I I, I don't know. Uh, my expectation is everybody works hard and everybody works honestly. And I know this about Chris Russell. He works hard, he works honestly, and he supports the younger defenseman. He doesn't fear them taking away his minutes. So Jim Matheson just mentioning right now uh, on Twitter here, that uh, Andre Brin, the head of hockey communications for the Oilers, he's been very helpful to our show for the last couple of seasons, has resigned to take a look at some other opportunities. Uh, Andre came from Hockey Canada. Sean May, uh, who did a bang-up job with the media during the NHL playoffs, uh, is going to be taking over Andre Brin's uh, Oilers uh, responsibilities. So uh, there you go. I did not know that until today. So things happening. And, and just so you know, not in the office. Don't go to the office. Uh you know, when we do the show at Roger's Place, might swing by the office once a week adjacent to the arena. I've not been in Roger's Place in our broadcast booth since March. So there you have it. Yesterday, we had uh, Dave Tippett on the show. Lots of feedback. I know David uh, Staples, Cult of Hockey, Bruce McCurdy wrote some pieces off. That's uh, some other uh, people uh, starting their evaluation of what Tippett had to say. Let's get into that right now for the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. In Edmonton, Fort McMurray and online at directworkwear.com. And Dave Tippett had this to say on the overall evaluation, because we didn't get this chance when the season ended with Dave. Uh, now that he's had some time to think, uh, an evaluation of the season that was for the Edmonton Oilers, both the regular season and the play-in. 
you know, we just uh, our our mindset, our our focus. That first game was disappointing. We got down early and we chased the game, and and uh, all of a sudden there was you could everything we kind of built. We, you could feel like they were second guessing. So the rest of the series, I thought we uh, we played well enough to win it. Uh, I didn't like the way we defended at times. I thought our goaltending was very average in the in the it was very good in the regular season and very average in the in the play in. And uh, and we just made too many critical mistakes at wrong times that cost us uh, cost us a series against Chicago. So that was disappointing. The other part of it, uh, some some real strong um, parts of the year. I liked our special teams. Uh, when you talk about evaluating your team, there's certain things that you can know that if we're going to go to the next level, we have to get better. Uh, we have to be a better five-on-five team. We have to be a better defending team at uh, at five-on-five. And those are things that thoughts have been going through my head for the last couple months here. All right. Well, and better five-on-five team, and we have discussed that ad nauseum on the show, that the Oilers had to be better in their bottom six. And uh, one of the things that Tippett talked about yesterday was that the Oilers kind of had a, a top six and a bottom six, and a lot of teams are now sort of going to three scoring lines. And this is the evaluation of the game, or the evolution of the game. Uh, that, that's kind of how it works. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. So, and Brendan, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but one of the first quarterbacks in NCAA football that really sort of uh, emerged as a spread option stud or a guy that could both run and pass was Vince Young with the Texas Longhorns. And in back-to-back years, he went in the Rose Bowl, and he did the, the second Rose Bowl game against USC. USC was an absolute football dynasty under Pete Carroll, who is a legendary defensive coach. As good as you, I mean, USC had Matt Leinart, and they had Reggie Bush, um, Lundale White, guys like that. But the fact of the matter was, USC could play some defense because guess what? You know, you got a guy and Pete Carroll that has been able to coach defense with tremendous energy, and that's part of what he did. And Vince Young went in there. With Texas, and Texas had a lot of talent. Mac Brown's probably a pretty good coach, but that national championship game played between USC and Texas is considered by many to be the greatest college football game of all time. And in that game, Vince Young, who's six foot five and could run, uh, ended up surpassing a thousand yards rushing and twenty five hundred yards passing in a season. Okay. That was at a time when maybe teams weren't necessarily running kind of hurry-up offenses all game long and trying to wear defenses down that way. And, and, you know, so that was, you know, 2005, 2006. Move forward to the year that Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. By the way, Young was the runner-up that year. Uh, Bush won the uh, uh, Heisman Trophy. He later had to give it back. But uh, Lamar Jackson destroyed those numbers. That's why it's difficult at times to to compare eras, right? I mean, you look at the game, the college football game today, and even the NFL. You can't hit anybody late. You can't, uh, you know, it, it totally has been opened up for the offense. And I'm going to translate that to the NHL. In the NHL, you used to have two lines that could score, one line that could check, and one line that provide energy with some guys that could fight. And now... You don't really have fighters anymore. You have energy guys that are willing to drop the gloves. There's probably two or three guys in each team that legitimately will throw down. I mean, Calgary would have one of the tougher teams in the league now that they got Luch there. But 
there's not a lot of teams that are sort of built with that two one and one. Most teams, three guys, three lines that, that can kind of attack a bit, and one line with some specialists that can, you know, kill penalties and that sort of thing. Which brings us to why Kyle Turris could be potentially a very important signing for the Oilers. I know ESPN, a piece that Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski, uh penned today, talked about, I think they gave the Oilers an overall grade of B. And Kyle Turris was one of the bounce-back buyout babies. And the year ago, it was Shattenkirk, and their suggestion was Turris could be that guy for the Oilers. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. I had uh, tourists as a young player in Arizona and then uh, had him in, in uh, world championships in Belarus about four or five years ago. And he played in the exact role that I envisioned him playing in with our team in that tournament. And he was excellent. We used him as a veteran centerman, face-offs on the right side, and he added some offense. But he also was a real, real smart player in all situations. And when we talked to him, uh, I had a chance to talk to him before we signed him. Those are the things we talked about. And he was very enthused about the opportunity to play in Edmonton and uh, thinks our team is one of the ones that are moving forward. So he's excited to come. His family's excited to come to Edmonton. And I think we'll get a real good player out of him. Yeah, uh, I have some confidence that the tourist signing is going to pan out. Oilers are also bringing back Yessa Poliarvi, something that many of us didn't think could happen a year ago at this time, and it's on a two-year deal. Dave Tippett had this to say in his growing relationship with Poliarvi. You know, he's an interesting guy. Like I say, I don't know what happened before. Um, I've heard stories, but he's taken a lot of responsibility for that himself. He knows he uh, came over. He was a young guy, uh, didn't know the language, lots of uh, things to learn, and not just not just on the ice, but lots of things to learn off the ice, and it, it overwhelmed him a little bit. So he's gone home. He, uh, you watch him play now. He's a different player. He's he, he's just a dominant player in the Finnish league right now, and he's taking responsibility. His English is good. He's anxious to come over and prove that he can be a good player in the best league in the world. He's willing to play anywhere we want him to play play any role we want him to play he just wants to come over and fit in and be a good player for the Edmonton Oilers and right now I can watch him in Finland he's top power play guy top five on five guy they even got him killing penalties over there so he's a he's a much more well-rounded player and uh, that happens that's just maturity in a player and for him it's maturity as a as a hockey player and maturity as a person and I think we'll get a much better player coming in here this time. Uh, Paul Yarver currently with five goals, seven points in five games of Carpat. Uh, they've had a couple games canceled here in the last week. Uh, one of the numerous Oiler players over uh, in Europe right now. Benson's in Switzerland. McLeod's in Switzerland. Marodi is in Austria. Uh, Maximov's played on a very good team with Seska, CSKA, and the KHL. That's the team that's also got uh, Sam Marukov, former Edmonton Oiler Anton Slepyshev is there as well. Uh, Gaetan Haas is in Bern in the Swiss division. That's the top division in Switzerland. Nygaard's out with an injury right now, playing in Farstad. Patrick Russell's let, uh, yet to see a season start in Denmark. Same with Cracknell. They're both playing for teams in Denmark. Uh, Raphael Lavois is playing in uh, the Swedish, technically what would be considered the second division Again, I explained yesterday, if you're a Swede, you can play in Sweden and come to the NHL. 
if you're uh, North American, you have to stay in Sweden for the year. That's why some of the, a couple of the North American players ended up in that second, uh, not the top division, but the next division down in Sweden. Broberg's and uh, Sheleftia, Bouchard is in that second division uh, for, with Sodertaj. Uh, Sam Marukov, we mentioned, is in CSKA. Lagesson is uh, with uh, Vita Hassan. That is in the Swedish second division. Uh, Lenstrom, who's likely headed to Bakersfield, is with Frölunda right now. They're in the, that's the top division in Sweden. Again, a Swedish-born player. Nima Linen is in Finland right now. I think Asset. Yeah, Asset Pori. And uh, Berglund, who is going to stay in Europe this season for the year, is with uh, Linkopinch. Uh, and then Olivier Rodriguez playing in Austria. So there's your rundown of all your Oilers prospects that are over in Europe at this time. Well, Edmonton made a significant addition on defense as well. Oscar Kleffbaum, uh, at this stage, I think we're dealing with the reality of the situation that he's unlikely to play this year. Tyson Berry, a lot of people think automatic fill-in uh, on the power play, right shot versus a left shot. But according to head coach Dave Tippett, he might have a little bit more skill set than some people are giving him credit for. There's a couple things with Tyson. One, I think he's uh, I mean, he's got kind of cast into that power play offensive guy. I think he's a good two-way player. I think, uh, you know, one of our things with five-on-five five is we didn't play with the puck enough, so you end up defending too much. With Tyson, the way he moves the puck and the way he can carry the puck up the ice, he might not be the best defender in the league, but he doesn't defend as a lot of other guys do because he moves the puck well and move out of our own end. So... He's a guy that, A, with Clefbaum, question mark, he'll come in, uh, give our power play a little different look with a right-hander instead of a left-hander, but yet uh, is very adept at running a power play, and he's excited about that part of it. But he's also excited about trying to make our team a better team and uh, and a better five-on-five team. So I just think he's a great fit for us. Uh, he's a right-hander that, uh, you know, we, we need a, another right shot going in uh, on that right Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We've talked about the pairs, who's going to be with who, and uh, you know that'll sort itself out as we as we get into camp. All right, uh, that is Dave Tippett talking about Tyson Berry. To NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, they've got face masks for everyone. They're Edmonton owned and operated. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Back in those six thirty Chet Studios, Brendan Escott. After going through arbitration, the Leafs and Ilya Mikheyev settled on a two-year extension worth three point two nine million dollars. That's a one point six four five million AAV. It's up from uh, Mikheyev's, or pardon me, up from Toronto's $1 million initial offer and down from Mikheyev's $2.7 million AAV that they each brought to the table. Uh, Sens restricted free agent Connor Brown reportedly seeking a one-year $4.8 million deal. Uh, the team has offered $2.25, and according to Bruce Garriock, this deal does have to be a one-year contract. Brown coming off 43 points in 71 games last year. Zach Sanishin resigned 
signed in Boston, a two-way deal worth the league minimum there. He was the 15th overall pick back in 2015. Former Bakersfield Condors goaltender Shane Sterrett signed with uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Uh, Mike Hoffman's agent Robert Hooper indicated that five to six teams seriously interested in his client, who's uh, in all likelihood going to fetch somewhere between 5.5 to 6.5 million on a one-year deal. So some likely suitors with that in mind, Columbus, Boston, Nashville, although Montreal or Vancouver could maybe be a dark horse if they're able to free up a little bit more cash for the 30-year-old Hoffman who averages about 27 goals a season. Not too bad there. Finally, the Seattle Kraken hired uh, Gary Roberts as a sports science and performance consultant. And I just want to send out a, a special hello. I don't know if he's listening. He is an Edmonton area product that played 282 games in the National Hockey League. Defenseman Al Cameron. Now they played for uh, New West and the uh, Western Hockey League back in the day. Played with Detroit and Winnipeg in the NHL. And after he retired in his 20s, he was the assistant coach on the Ace Lang Midget AA team that I played on in 1982-83. And uh, Stu McGregor was the head coach of that team. Guy Godowski, the current head coach of Penn State, was my center on that team. And I re- I do recall I was giving it to Al because that was the first year, 82-83, that they had the plus-minus award out, uh, the Emory Edge Award. And Al Cameron finished his career. He played 282 games in the NHL. He played for Detroit when they were rebuilding and not very good. And Winnipeg when they were an expansion team and not very good. He was minus 107 in 282 games. And uh, I had made a comment because I was a smart aleck at 16 and uh, said something to the effect of, well, you know, you played the league, but you're on minus 107. And Al looked at me and said, Stoff, I played 282 games in the NHL. You, my friend, will never play one. And you know what? He was right. He said, Bob, you should focus on being broadcasting. You might have a chance. So there you go. He gave me some great advice at the age of 16. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers Now, we will uh, hook up with the one and only Brian Lawton. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.